0: Uh, welcome everyone to the Connected Adventist podcast. I am here today with my, yeah, I, he's he's just such an inspiration. So my friend Bruce, which I met at the North New South Wales Prayer Conference. And we're just going to go into a little bit about uh, how he came to Christ, but also how he came to the Adventist message. And then we're going to finish up with the cherry on top, which will be ministry. Uh, so welcome, Bruce. Thanks for coming on my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: I, I, the moment I met you, I'm like, I must ask Bruce to record an interview with me. So it's been a while because Pre-Conference <laughs> was when? Like March? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it was in, around March, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. But but we're here, so, so that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as we were speaking about briefly, I believe that it was God's perfect timing that it worked out when it has, um, just because we're going to hey. see a little bit about um, yeah, the projects that you're working on. Um, so let's start off with um, the first thing I wanted to ask you uh, was that when we met in at the prayer conference, yeah. we all got. It's, it's funny because we all got split up into groups, and we got yep. split up into groups that had the same color eyes as us okay so I have brown eyes so I'm looking around trying to find someone with brown eyes and I saw you I'm like this brother he's got brown eyes <laughs> I'm like he definitely ain't got no blue eyes um so where are you from Bruce
1: so I was born in Tanzania Africa but my background is Burundian so I'm from Burundi Africa
0: oh well, wow yeah yeah cool so now incredible. you know why Bruce definitely had brown eyes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so then we split up into prayer into like a group with I think there was another 3 people there and we prayed yeah. and one thing that I was just I tried to not act like I was like starstruck for the gospel um was because I realized that every prayer that we prayed was for a particular topic that mm-hmm. everyone had asked for so for example someone asked for health and someone asked for family and someone asked for other things and Every time you prayed you had scripture to go with that person's corresponding prayer request and it yeah. just flowed so naturally Bruce I I've, I've never really seen someone that just so naturally could incorporate scripture into their prayer so I just want to mm. ask you know um how did you start incorporating scripture into your prayer but also Bro, how did you manage to memorize scripture so well? (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, memorizing scripture was probably um, when I was coming out of the world and uh, starting to actually come closer to Christ, probably around 12 years old. And uh, so I remember I'd come home from school and uh, I'd have my lunch. And as soon as four o'clock hit, on the dot i'll be in my room and i'll be spending five hours or so in my room just studying the scriptures and memorizing and uh trying to just memorize chapters upon chapters of scriptures so memorizing has been a big part of my uh spiritual work i guess and um yeah and using scripture for in prayer it was probably more so when i became adventist mm-hmm. and the reason mm-hmm. why it was when i was um Uh, Studying God's word and uh, hearing of sermons about claiming God's promises. I wanted to see that from scripture of where answered uh, prayer was due to claiming God's promises. And I came across the time when God wanted to actually destroy the nation of uh, Israel because of disobedience. And uh, prior before that, Moses had actually asked God to show him his glory in uh, Exodus chapter 33 verse 18 I believe it is um, and in, ver- in chapter 34 verse 6 uh, God says that the Lord is merciful gracious long-suffering and abundant mm. in goodness and in truth and um, when God wanted to destroy the nation of Israel Moses reminds God saying not so but remember that you said that you are merciful and gracious and abundant in goodness and truth and uh, and God literally says because because you have said these things uh, I I will not destroy the nation of Israel. And so I'd started to see that Moses had to claim the promises of God, the scriptures basically in the time and in order for God to actually change his mind in a way. So yeah, that's okay. when I basically started Claiming God's promises. Yeah.
0: So once you had when you saw that mm-hmm. through when you whenever mm-hmm. it was that God revealed that, then that's when you were like, i right, I'm gonna start incorporating all these Bible verses that I have memorized um into my prayer life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the other thing I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, because how old were mm-hmm. you when you started dedicating like four or five hours into prayer and study and memorization? I
1: was I was around twelve years old, twelve years old that's when I started memorizing and spending hours and yeah
0: mm. okay Bruce my daughter's my my eldest is about to turn 10 yeah and I can guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> I do not see a special anointing on my daughter in two years time from now to to dedicate that so I, I would like to know what was it because I've, I've I've spoken with other people who um Maybe I would say I'm more knowledgeable in the scripture. I don't know if it's necessarily... a tight connection with the spirituality that they know a lot about mm-hmm. scripture, but it was a very similar situation. Like at a very young age, they were just like, I just wanted to read everything about the Bible, get yeah. all the details, who did, who to what and, and what, you know, what country yeah. was conquered. And um, so they became like very knowledgeable on the history side. And, and it was at a young age, it was around 12 or 14 as well. So what happened yeah. at 12 yeah. that you were like, okay, you know what? Instead of going out on my skateboard, instead of going out over to a friend's place or roaming the streets yeah. and going to the skate park, I'm going to go home and I'm going to spend as long as I can with with the word.
1: Um, That's a really good question because, to be honest with you, it wasn't something that I would say that was, I heard a voice or heard this mm-hmm. or that, but… Um, I remember as a kid because I I was born in a Christian family, so I was brought around the Bible and whatnot. However, I didn't have a personal connection or experience with Christ for myself. Yeah. So and uh, however, it came to a time during that time when I was 11, uh, turning 12, I was I'd go to church and there'll be sermons that'll be preached about young people being used by God. And I remember from this time, even though I was in the world, whenever I remember to pray, I'll say, "Lord, change me that I might change others." And uh-huh. uh, so, in this time, as I as I kept going to church and listening to these, these sermons, I was more and more convicted in wanting to learn more about the Bible and having. For me, it wasn't necessarily knowing what was in the Bible, but rather it was to have just to feel that connection uh, between me and Christ. And uh, and I also wanted to memorize scripture because uh, I read this verse in um, 1 Peter 3.15, where it says, Now sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness yeah. and fear. And so for me, memorizing wasn't for to seem knowledgeable, but rather for to be able to share Christ to my non-believing friends at school, especially, mm-hmm. to be able to answer some of the questions that they had about the Bible. And uh, yeah, so memorizing for me was more to have a personal connection with Christ and to be able to share Christ with other people without needing to mm-hmm. pull out something that can seem intimidating in some people's eyes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. true. I mean, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> the moment you bring out a Bible, um, yeah. yeah, sometimes they shut down and, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I do agree with, with that sense that sometimes if you can just quote it, um, it can yeah. be less intimidating as as doing that. But the other thing that I, w- like, I really just resonate with is that uh, more so this was so – There are many beliefs that I have, and clearly as a Seventh-day Adventist, that Mm. I agreed to, it sounded right kind of thing. And there came a point in my spiritual walk, and I must honestly say it was when I started being more active in sharing my faith, that I realized, you know what, I've agreed to a lot of these things, but I don't know if I've sat down and studied it for myself. I know that every sermon I heard, it was always from the Bible and it was always using Bible verses. So I didn't doubt that it wasn't in the Bible, but I just never studied it for myself. And I believe that it's similar to, um, I give this experience, someone can eat a pizza and tell me it tastes great and they can share and express how much they enjoyed that pizza. But until I eat it for myself, I really can't share it with the same passion and with the same conviction and so I got to a point in my walk where I was like you know what I know I believe in like 1844 and the 1260 days and even like the basics like I I believe what happens when we die and I believe that we are saved you know by grace Mm -hmm. and I believe you know all those types of teachings but I believe it because it sounds good and because I know I've, everyone uses Bible verses for it, but I never studied it for myself and was like, oh, wow, yes. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um. So that was a big turning point for me as well because I realized, yeah, in my walk, I've gone to a point where I've heard it a lot, listened to it a lot. It sounds really right and I'll still defend it, but I don't know if I've actually spent that time with God and the word and allowed mm. it to, to really penetrate through my heart and I could physically yeah. say i've looked through every passage and it is consistently telling me the truth of what the bible says so um yeah, yeah I, I agree with that so all right So, if we we touched a little bit on your childhood so you said you were in the world for a little bit and you said that you were brought up in a christian um, home so tell me a right. little bit about your childhood and maybe what led to you being in the world and what being in the world looked like to you
1: uh so as i said i was uh raised in a christian home. However, uh, yeah, I didn't, Christ wasn't real for me, as in like, I didn't see the big issue of Christianity or what it was, uh, the big deal about being Christian, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so me being in the world really started when we moved out into Queensland. And around (gasps) in six.
0: Don't say that about Queensland. (laughs) 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 Just because you're in North New South Wales, Bruce, you don't need to speak about Queensland like that. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. so your your family made a transition to the heathen land. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So when we were in Queensland, um, uh, when we moved to Queensland. Well, the school that I was at in Ipswich Central State School, I remember when mm-hmm. I, I was new there, made some friends there, and uh, they the first thing they told me, what the friends that I made, was like, Bruce, the first thing we're going to do is to get you into swearing. And they uh. just told me just plainly like this, and um, eventually they did get me into swearing and all these things and, and shenanigans, and for me, Christ wasn't a real uh, experience for me. I mean, like, I remember that, like, I'll pray if I did remember to pray, but oftentimes I'd go home and I'll uh, just go on my bed and, like, just start dozing off. And later on, I uh, find out that I've already fell asleep and I don't even bother to get up and pray. And so prayer life was not a big deal for me either. And so and I was at home, I didn't I wasn't a very uh, respectful child to my mother. And not in the sense that I said anything out of line, I guess, but more in my actions whenever she would tell me, for example, to uh, wash the dishes. Mm. I wouldn't take that too well. And uh, mm-hmm. I would do it grudgingly and I will do it while complaining and all those things. Just mm-hmm. little things like that, I guess. Yeah. And um, But as I... Grew uh, around 12 years old again. That's when really uh, Christ was really knocking at the door of my heart, and I felt convicted to to really change. In the sense, of through those messages that I was hearing, I needed to change. And uh, yeah. the first thing I did was actually apologize to my mom, because I know for a fact, and um, a lot of the times young people don't understand that the things in which they do while they're younger affects. Their parents in such a way. Mm. So I remember, I re- twelve years old when I was coming out of the world. I sat down and I apologized to my mom uh, for what I've done to her and uh, being disobedient and and all those little things that I did that may have hurt her. And mm. uh yeah, so mm. I praise God for what God really has changed in my life.
0: That's really cool. I remember I did the same thing with my mom,
1: yeah.
0: and I just was a little older. Bruce, I w I wasn't as, <laughs> as young as you, but um I came to the same realization and most of it came when I became a mother. I remember yeah. sitting down with my mom and my parents aren't Christians and not Adventists. And I remember I'm like, Mom, thank you so much for all the things that you did that I hated you for doing when you were when I was a child, like when I was going through my teen years. And there were so many things that she wouldn't let me do and i was like yeah. oh you're so annoying like oh so strict and i realized now as a christian i'm like mom i thank you so much and i said that to dad as well because i believe had you not been that strict i think my yeah. my path would have taken a very destructive turn
1: yeah
0: but That's god it. in his yeah. love and in his wisdom gave me strict parents because he knew i would need those boundaries because without them yeah I don't think I ever would have turned to Christ because I just would have been living a life that would have been like very destructive and just very, very like deep in the world. So um, I appreciated yeah. it a lot then. And and like you said, you know, it, it hurts our parents. And there's things that I did as like in my 10, 10 years old, 11, 12, um, that, you know, still cuts mom. Mom still gets emotional yeah. about it. And, and, and I feel bad because I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. I just I didn't know better. But that stuff sticks with yeah. your parents, and, and we don't realize like the scars are there, and we can't it fix is. them. Yeah. Um and even even though mm. we've changed, even though we've come to Christ, so yeah, that's really important. Um, so were your parents very active in the church? Was or was it not really that big of a part, like big deal? No, in no way, life? Um,
1: they weren't actually really active in the church. Um, they didn't have a personal experience with Christ either. I can say, and uh, mm-hmm. not until we became where we were transitioning to become Adventists, that they started to be more serious about Christianity and having a personal experience with Christ and uh, doing mission work. And mm-hmm. So I was actually kind of alone because I remember like, um, as a kid when I was coming out of the world, I spent hours of prayer in my room. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times that would be way past my bedtimes, and um, I would wake up my dad and my dad is like, Bruce, go to sleep. Stop praying. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, so as a kid, this was I didn't ever feel discouraged about it. Praise God for it. Mm. And um, mm. I just kept mm-hmm. praying for my parents that they may be changed as well and be yeah. more serious about Christianity. And yeah. uh, in the end, God really answered my prayers. And my parents mm. are my biggest supporters in, um, in the work awesome. that I'm doing now. Yeah. So which I praise God for. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. so I think I think many Christian parents like I wish I could tell my kids to stop praying. Um so I I to truly breathe. I believe that there's a supernatural, special, divine anointing on you. Um and yeah, the more you tell me about your life, I'm like, this guy, like God definitely has called you. So Please, Bruce, whatever you do, just, just keep staying, you know, with God and walking with him because I know he's going to do some really powerful Amen. things through you. Um, all right, so you did touch on when you were coming out of, you know, the world and we've looked at that a little bit. And then you said that you weren't always Adventist. Um, yeah. So are you able just to tell us a little bit of, of how you ended up within the Adventist message and, yeah, maybe what your, yeah, how that all happened?
1: no worries uh yeah so how it happened was actually really interesting because um my church pastor um at the time in the Pente- i was in the pentecostal church so i was okay, a pentecostal yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so uh as a pentecostal you see everything all those things that you hear about the demon possession the speaking in tongues the uh, all those charismatic and evangelical kind of things you know <laughs> so i saw it all and um one day, my pastor from the church, uh, he, he was jumping home a child from choir, and uh, the, the child asked him, like, oh, pastor, and, like, uh, why do we worship on Sunday? Mm. And uh, he he answered, like, any Pentecostal person, I guess, or Sunday-keeping uh, pastor would say, and uh, he said, it was because that's when Christ rose from the dead, and uh, that's when we receive victory over sin and the devil and uh, mm-hmm. so and this actually caused him to actually wanting to know more about the truth about the Sabbath and um,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, the Sunday worship and where Sunday actually came from
0: because I, uh, I will so I he, will say there's definitely plenty of verses that can be used to justify that reasoning um, yeah. so I, I do agree as, as I've gone and as I I just socialize with a lot of people that are outside of the Adventist message there are many verses that yeah. can be used to justify that um but yeah. yeah as 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 it sounds like you're gonna go into a bit more as your pastor was willing uh, yeah. to actually question that and to really get more grounded on what the biblical foundation mm. is for Sunday um yeah, yeah. what happened then
1: yeah, so uh, he just did a bit of research and studying for himself, but we didn't actually know as a church what he was doing or mm-hmm. we researching. Okay. And, um, so every Saturday would have um, prayer meetings. And uh, so in this prayer meeting, he actually brought up a secret prayer request. And in the secret prayer request, he, he basically said uh, that I have a secret prayer request and I'm not going to tell you what it is. But when God answers, I'll tell you what it was.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, so we were praying for this secret prayer request in for over two years. So this would have been around wow. two thousand four, uh, two thousand twelve. Sorry, when he said this, mm-hmm. and so we were praying for two years. And one day, my dad. This is when my dad was becoming serious about the Word of God and um, studying mm-hmm. for himself the Scriptures and becoming a real Christian. I would say. And uh, so he comes to the. Um, the prayer meeting and this, and he says, guys, I've been searching about the Sabbath and uh, we actually worship on the wrong day. And uh, oh, wow. the Sabbath is actually on the Saturday, not on the Sunday. And another person says, Oh yeah. Well, like uh, at uni, someone was telling me that Sundays uh, it was actually instituted by the Roman Catholic church.
0: And, oh, it, wow. is,
1: and it is the mark of the beast. <laughs> And said,
0: Let me guess. That was an Adventist. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, well, <laughs> we were just intrigued because I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so yes. I, was really, I was like, oh, wow, this is different. And another person came along and in the same prayer meeting, they said, oh, uh, well, my husband is a Seventh-day Adventist, a former Seventh-day Adventist, and he he's always been telling me that um, The Sabbath is not on Sunday, it's on Saturday. Mm. And so then out of nowhere, my pastor, he just comes and says, guys, I'm ready to tell you what I asked for you guys to pray for two years ago. Mm. And he tells us that his prayer request was actually for God to reveal the truth of the Sabbath to every church member Mm. and for the church to come to a knowledge of the truth. And from April 19th, Of 2014, this was the whole church converted, except one family, converted to Mm. uh, worshiping on Sabbath. And uh, the 27th of uh, September, 2014, same year, we were baptized at the South Queensland Big Camp.
0: Yeah. Mm. Wow. And and you know what? The thing that, because you've told me this story again, so I, I still am getting goosebumps right now. I must say that for me, the thing that stands out the most out of that mm. whole experience and just how I worked that out was the willingness of your pastor. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because it is it is a very humbling, and it is almost um, I feel like the ground is breaking; it's crumbling under your feet
1: yeah. when
0: you, as a pastor and as a leader,
1: yeah
0: are willing to reconsider something that you have stood so firm on for so many years. Um, mm. And I'm really impressed at that pastor's willingness to say, you know what, I would like the congregation to pray about this. I feel I have come to a, a conviction on it, or there is a, a, a need for me to ask for God to really make the way clear for me right now. And for mm. two years, to allow God to work on the congregation because, mm. you know, many might say, oh, you know, but he should have just told the whole congregation. We can be all really like critical and and be like that. But for him to allow mm. for the Holy Spirit to work in his congregation so that more yeah. people could come with him
1: yeah, to that yeah.
0: truth, be it the Sabbath, be it whatever. I mean, as Adventists, obviously we're going to be, very you know get behind the banner with the sabbath but whatever it is whatever biblical truth that god has revealed to a person to allow yeah. for the holy spirit to work in people's hearts so that more people yeah. can come and follow that truth i just yeah i'm like that is a man of god and and i i feel that if we all could do that and allow the bible to truly be our guide and and i know that you and i worked with charlie um so when you can get to the point where let me just show you from the word of god and then now you decide um i think it's yep. it's such a it's just such a safe way to, to do things um yeah. and yeah with your pastor I, i'm just like i have such respect for that man um, especially mm. for a man of god because it is it is very humbling to be at a point where you're like wow i've just been believing yeah. this for so many years and now I, I, I can see it's not in the Bible. Um, mm. So you became Adventist at the big camp, and then what happened from there on? And and the other thing I would really like to just bring that out because I think we really need to give credit where credit is due is um, that there was such a solid foundation created with your Pentecostal church. Um, yeah. They they gave you a passion for prayer and for memorization, and um, obviously within the sermons there was there was. Guidance from God and and the Holy Spirit to convict you to get you out of your worldly living and and to come to a point where you were able to just yeah spend so yeah. much so many hours um in the Word and in prayer. So mm. um, I really want to just make that clear that um, regardless of whether you are within the Seventh Day Adventist Church or wherever it is that God finds you right now, as long as you are willing mm. to let God guide. It, it is never to Amen. take away or disregard what God has done through you from other denominations. Um, I know with my husband's um, mom, so she was Catholic, brought up Catholic, and very like she yes. just loved her church and she wanted to be a nun. Uh, but thankfully she didn't yeah. do that so that she could have my husband. Um, but the oh. the <laughs> amount of commitment and love for service that she gained through the Catholic church, yeah. set her up to be a massive blessing within the Adventist church because she came into the Adventist church and everything that she had dedicated through the Catholic church, she was able to give that now through the Adventist church. So am I always, I always um, like to just build up the work that other denominations have done and how God has allowed them to be where they are through that faith and now, hey, we just get to embrace it once that they've seen the, the full um, biblical message. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Mm. Yep, yep. Praise All God. right, then. So what about now? Um, wh- what are you doing with your life apart from living my dream?
1: <laughs> uh, so right now I'm actually doing canvassing and Bible work Um we're doing a part of a church plant down here at Lizaro with an Eastwood, with the Eastwood Missions team, yep. uh, anyone who's heard of it, and uh, so we're just church planting down at Lizaro in New South Wales, and uh,
0: okay, it's cool.
1: been a blessing doing canvassing and Bible working.
0: Yes, so tell us a little bit about Eastwood, so that we can um, let everyone know about what Eastwood do, and and basically what their work is as Eastwood. And then we'll go into a little bit of how, what the work that Eastwood is doing in conjunction with the church plant.
1: Okay. So Eastwood Mission is basically a the a non-profit organization and charity, actually. And mm-hmm. uh, so what they do is, or what we do is basically we canvas. Uh, we're mega bookers for anyone mm-hmm. that knows that. And uh, I so really like your and, books, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful, aren't they? <laughs> yeah.
0: So for those who haven't seen them, um, they have basically taken a lot of many familiar books uh, from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and they have made them into magazine-sized books. And just the the way that it is edited, the the images are really, yeah. really like just so effective and eye-catching yeah. and very well presented. So they're a bigger format like yeah. a magazine. It's glossy pages. And like I said, the, the images are, yeah. are just really, really good images. And um, I believe that they're really smart because we're living in a generation where everything needs to be quicker and shorter and to the point. Um, and I do believe that with your yeah. mega books, you're able to get – a lot of people to take a message that if you were to give them like the thick, you know, hardcover or paperback books, yeah, they would probably be like, that's too thick. Don't even tell me what's in it. Um, it's just yeah. too thick. <laughs> so to be able to give them the yeah. mega books in that, sh- like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's compact, more, more compact message, but just the way that you've done it to, so that it is magazine thickness. I'm yeah. like, you guys are smart. I'm like, well done. Well done.
1: Yeah. It's, It's really nice, and basically we're just a youth-filled ministry focused on uh, taking the gospel to the world and Mm -hmm. training others in missionary service. And uh, yeah, so one of the focuses that we focus on is literature evangelism, music Mm -hmm. camps. There's actually a music Mm -hmm. camp coming up in june july i think it is
0: yes yes we have we have two of the girls from our jinjin church they're like fundraising and selling honey so that they can go there so it is very good
1: so So for anyone who doesn't know
0: oh I've, i've heard very positive things so for those who are familiar with fountain view it's like yeah. the Australian version of Fountain View. Yeah, so they yeah, exactly. do um, a lot of training and they do a lot of like training with workshops. And I believe that every camp you guys do recording, So I'm assuming that there'll be some video recordings um, that are, are done really well. So yeah. you guys have a good gr- – that's the other thing. Like I, another thing that I really like about Eastwood is everyone's very young. Like
1: yeah, you know, yeah I, I, think, I think I'd be a all- senior
0: – I think I'm senior in there uh, because you guys are so, so young, um, which is really, really cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what the Eastward um, Missions team is doing and uh, praise God for that, especially in uh, trying to get youth and young people involved in the ministry. Uh Amazing. Such a blessing.
0: And I really liked because you guys, um, you guys stayed at Jinjin Jin for a little bit, uh, so you mm. guys did some outreach out up this way, and I I loved the mentoring aspect that you guys have. So the two girls yeah. that want to go to music camp, um, they were invited to go door knocking and canvassing for a day, and yeah. uh, one of the girls, she's she's more shy and quite reserved, but she came back of it. Yeah. She's like, oh, I want to go again. And I really, once I saw that, I realized, and you guys had some young, some younger like kids with you that obviously parents had approved and um, there was old enough supervision there to look after them. But, and I'm not saying they were six and five, I'm like, you know, they were like in their mid teens and that kind of young, but I really liked that you're giving kids and teens and just youth an opportunity to experience it and to taste it and to see what it's like. And I know that those two girls from our church, they have a very positive impression of door knocking, which at Mm. such a young age and at an age where you're, you know, a little uncomfortable, a little insecure and all that kind of stuff. um, I loved that you were mentoring them and you were giving them an an opportunity to try this out and see what you think so that, hey, you know, when you do become 20, 18, whatever it is, you already know what it's like and you'll consider it. Uh, Where sometimes when you're in your 20s, Everything's. You've been mm. bombarded with getting a career, going to university, and it almost feels like sometimes missionary work isn't even an option. Like it's you don't even consider it. Um yeah. So I really like the mentoring that comes through, at least that we saw through through Eastwood as well, which was really yeah, cool.
1: Such a blessing. And uh, what I love about them as well is that they try and make different um events throughout the year in order to get the youth involved. So there's like mm-hmm. literature evangelism uh, and. Music camps and the Sozo camps. Yes, and, which is I, in, I'm
0: interested in, in the Desozo camp, so I might end up rocking up at one of those.
1: Yeah, yeah. Welcome! It's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So now you, you, Eastwood, is working, um, and collaborating with North New South Wales. Um. Yep. Let me not start bragging about North New South Wales. I'm sure everyone already knows how I feel about that um will be translated if all of Australia and the whole world was like North New South Wales but anyway
1: um
0: so what are you doing with them and yeah how, how's that all going
1: uh so with the north New South Wales conference or
0: yeah with the church plant that 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 you're working together with the Eastwood crew and the church yeah.
1: plant uh, so we're uh, our mission is basically just to take the Three Angels, mess- the health message with the Three Angels messages uh, to the whole Central Coast, where that's where uh-huh. we're based. And um, basically, we try and share that through literature evangelism, so door knocking, and also uh, through, we're trying to run a depression recovery seminar uh, uh-huh. in July, I believe it is, July. Uh-huh. And uh, so part of that is just trying to get people uh, to be able to be acquainted with Christ. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been a blessing. And uh, we also have Bible study contacts that we have where we study yeah. together with individuals in the community who are interested in understanding and knowing more about the Bible. And uh, we also have small groups every Friday nights, where we invite mm-hmm. community people just to come by and uh, to have fellowship together on the Sabbath. And uh, we have a little Bible study And we also have a shared lunch, a shared dinner, sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And so how many of the Eastwood, how many of the East crew are working with that church plant?
1: Uh, So total of us, we're eight people in total.
0: Okay, cool.
1: So you nearly got a soccer
0: team. Excellent. Got an army. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. And yeah. um, I, I stalk everyone on Facebook. So I, I've seen how you guys are all going. And yeah, it's really encouraging uh, to see that <laughs> yeah, you're able to work. Oh yeah, that you're able to work with the North New South Wales conference and that they're just, yeah, allowing you guys to just continue in your ministry, um, but helping mm-hmm. to provide um, maybe some of the stuff that is a little bit harder to access and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that that's super encouraging. Um, Bruce, before we ha- get on to your ministries and stuff, because I really want to talk about that, um, I just wanted to ask you one mm-hmm. last question So because we sort of um, – I, I just got distracted and didn't touch on it. But after you yeah. – um, had the Sabbath thing happen. Um, I just want to, yeah. if you can just briefly explain a little bit of how you wrestled with that. Was there anything that, and and again, I don't want to emphasize it purely on being the Sabbath truth, but rather when God reveals a truth that is a little um, different or maybe contradicts something that you have been doing for a very long time, how did you wrestle with that mm-hmm. and how did you get to a point where you are like, okay, you know what? I, I am a Sabbath keeper now. And again, take yeah. away the Sabbath, be it whatever it is, whatever biblical truth that God has brought to you uh, for for him yeah. to want you to embrace it and accept it and, and make a choice on it. Um, how did you yeah. deal with that?
1: Uh, well, to be honest with you, when, we, when I first heard about the Sabbath message and uh, transitioning from worshiping on Sunday to Saturday Sabbath, I wasn't too keen on it as a kid. Um, reason being, this was around about the time when I was um, really getting closer to Christ and I was getting involved with the church uh, here in the Sunday church because I would, I would actually worship in two churches because I wanted to show God that I wanted to be used by him. Mm. And so I would uh, go to church with, where my parents go to in the morning and around 12 o'clock I would just run to my auntie's church and in Mm -hmm. order to have church there where when they started around one thirty or so. And um yeah, yeah, so I didn't I wasn't too keen on that and I was seeing and because I would see all these things happening in the uh in the Pentecostal churches, they speaking in tongues and the miracles, so called miracles happening and Mm -hmm. I was just reluctant to believing that this wasn't truth and it wasn't the spirit really leading and you know and uh and uh, so, however, my dad told me, you know what? Um, you can decide for yourself where you want to go. You can either worship on the Sabbath or you can worship on Sundays. Up, really mm-hmm. up to. You. He gave me that decision, and yeah. uh, so, and I told him, well, I'll look, I'll pray about it, and I'll go study for myself and uh, look at wh- what the Bible has to say about this Sabbath and if it's important or not. And I remember when I was praying, and I had this. I would always have the Bible on my uh, on next to the s- side of my bed, mm-hmm. and one day in the morning, I woke up and I took my Bible and I and I prayed real quickly. I'm like, "Lord, uh, show me uh, your truth, and uh, just speak to me today." And I randomly opened to the uh, the Bible. I didn't actually open to a particular passage; just opened it like that, and mm-hmm. it fell to Matthew 28, verse one. And uh, I read this version, I believe it was the new contemporary version, uh, mm-hmm. the, and it said that on early on Sunday morning, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And mm-hmm. when I read this, I had to read it twice, just to make mm-hmm. sure that I wasn't reading something like out of nowhere. And I... And I, that's when I truly uh, started to see that the Sabbath was actually on the Saturday. And um, mm. and from then on, God was really teaching me, especially the prophecies really got me. Prophecies mm. of Revelation and Daniel was uh, just the hook for me because um, in being a Pentecostal, we took the prophecies of Revelation and Daniel to be literal and um I was always told that the revelation, uh, the beast of Revelation 13 was a literal beast that would come up and cut people's hands. And if you weren't taken in the rapture, then you would have to save your own life by your own power, really. And um, so it was really scary for me, like just thinking like if I wasn't raptured, then I mm. might be lost because I have to save my own self. And so, but when I started when I started listening to the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation as in, as it is known by the Adventist church and the truth that is found in the Bible, I was just amazed and I was hooked. That was the mm. like, kicker for me.
0: Yeah. And I think from when I have worked with people, and, and I say worked with people and, and I include myself because um, – mm. In this year, I must say, I think I have had uh, a really interesting spiritual journey. Um, yeah. So, when I have worked with people and when I have worked with my own personal stuff, mm. unless we can come back to the word of God, yep. it is very hard to be able to find anything solid. Yeah. And unless we know the character of God in its fullness, mm. Everything that we read through the scripture will be distorted. And I know that um, I remember when you shared to me that, you know, you feared for the rapture because you thought if I don't get raptured away, you just had fear. You had fear of not being raptured. And I believe that. There are certain teachings and unless we can really ground each teaching in a reflection of God's character, which like Mm. you said, is merciful, long suffering um, and all those character traits, we can get a really distorted perspective from the Bible. I can read many verses and tell you that my God is messed up, Mm. but unless I know who God is then I, I can actually look into it. It's the same thing as we do when when we judge people, you know. We can see someone for an outward behavior and we can say, yeah. oh, that person is so-and-so, but unless we know the story behind that mm. and unless we know the person personally, we can say, oh, I know why they did that. It's because of this. Um, so yeah. I believe the same thing comes to God and I believe the same comes down to any biblical uh, foundations or pillars or teachings that we teach that are just little like hell, like the yeah. idea of God burning people for eternity. Mm. It just doesn't sit well when I tell people, oh, my God is love. You should love him. You should follow him. It just doesn't sit well. And so I think what really encouraged me is that when you came to this Sabbath, when God brought that to you as mm. as the next step in your journey in having a deeper walk with God and, and understanding um, the fullness of what the Sabbath blessing was, is that you went back to the word and you went back to prayer. Um, And I think that that is the crucial for any Christian, for any Christian is at the end of the day, when all is said and done, what does the Bible said? And is, does that line up with God's character? Um, And yeah, through the period that I've gone through, I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't really want to pray, but all I knew is that I knew what God claimed to be in the Bible and that was the only thing that got me through it is that I'm going to trust you, that what you're saying about yourself is true and at the end of the day somehow you're going to reveal that and you're going to open my eyes to see that. And, yeah, that's what I found was really encouraging about that and I think in any belief and especially for your particular experience where you've gone through the Pentecostal faith and I know you mentioned about tongues and you mentioned about miracles, there came a point where something didn't sit right And you sought Mm. God for that. And same with your pastor. There was something that didn't sit right about Sunday keeping and he wrestled Mm. with that and he went to the word. And so I encourage anyone um, that is listening as well, if if you're at a point where you're wrestling something or if God has placed something before you, and regardless Mm. of whether it's something that you are truly convicted or convinced that it's true or not, um, I, I would suggest that you do as, as Bruce has done, that you're willing to let the word and God show you what it is.
1: Because,
0: um, yeah, we, we can't fall for people's opinions um, on spiritual no. things because, yeah, everyone is on a different path and, and everyone would have believed your Sunday-keeping pastor because mm. that's where he was at. Um, but then he came to a point where he realized, you know what, that's not true anymore. Now, now it is the Sabbath, and everyone had to decide that for themselves. So, I think in all aspects of our faith and in our belief system, we we have to do the same thing. Like, Amen. I know Bruce is telling me this, and I know Catalina is telling me this, but let me go home with my Bible and spend time with God and and let Him show Amen. it for me. Um, all right, So Now that we've we've just done that little bit bruce tell me about your ministries and and things that you're involved in and, and what else keeps you busy on top of um the church plant that you're doing uh-huh. with eastwood
1: yeah so i'm i'm currently trying to grow a youtube channel that's what. Mm-hmm. tell me more uh so it's called the sounding trumpet and uh-huh. basically what i'm trying to do is uh it's still a relatively new um uh youtube channel i'm still trying to grow it and uh yeah, we're just trying uh, rate share God's word, whether it's uh, Bible studies, the health message and evangelism and some of uh, the truths that we have as Adventists and also answer some mm-hmm. questions. A lot of people who are struggling with the faith, even atheists that uh, yeah. believe in God. So we're just trying to share this truth with them. That's one of them, just trying to grow mm-hmm. a channel at the moment. Another yep, so is-
0: it's called The Sounding Trumpet. Yep,
1: The Sounding Trumpet,
0: yep. Okay, everyone, go have a look at the videos. They're very good. Amen, I really, yeah. really like the videos. Um. So how many videos do you have on there?
1: Um. Uh, videos. We, we have at the moment six, uh, 16 videos or so.
0: Oh, good job. Well done. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yes, so have a watch, subscribe, and share. Um, they're really well done, and I really like that. Just They're just very modern. Um, so it's really cool that yeah. you're able to share them with, you know, younger generations, and they're not long videos either, so it's really good to just, um, yeah, even use them in, con- in conjunction with Bible studies and stuff.
1: Yeah, amen.
0: All right, so the sounding trumpet, and then?
1: Uh, another one is I'm trying to create a uh, I tried a bit a a health magazine called Garden Cure. Uh, so yeah, in that I just share the health message on how some natural remedies as well. And that's what I'm trying to sh- to do, and uh, mm-hmm. recipes that incorporate some of uh, health benefits that I'll be talking about in that magazine. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just trying to share because. What got me in doing that was because in the country town that I was living in, uh, well, that we still live in, I'm just in New South Wales, where my parents are. And mm. so uh, in that country town, there's a lot of people that are sick and struggling with uh, different sickness mm. and overcoming uh, tobacco use and all these things. Mm. And they were asking me some natural remedies or how to overcome or how to be healthier. And I thought to make a magazine in order to help them out and to sh- just share it with them. And yeah, that's yep. what it, I, I'm not too creative. So I just called it garden cure. It's not the best name, I guess, but yeah, that's mm. what it is. I, th-
0: I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. So garden cure. Now how can they find yeah. that magazine?
1: Um, So if they go to my Facebook page, Bruce mm-hmm. Indiana, or the sounding trumpet, it will be there. It will be okay. Sounding uh, trumpet
0: will probably be easier because your last name is very long.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the sound <laughs> much easier. Yeah, and yes. then you can find it there.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And I think that's really good. Um, I because we're in a country town as well, and this yeah. is this is what I love about natural remedies. When we talk with the older like the older population, they're like, oh, yes, I remember my mum used to do that and my, you know, my grandma used to treat me like this. And so the older generations resonate. They're like, yes, I remember we used to use something like that. And then when we get to the younger generations, they're like, oh, I knew people used to use things like that, but no one's told me how to use it. Um, So (laughs) I believe that. Yeah, there's just such an awareness of, yes, we knew that that existed natural remedies and how you can use an onion for like to cure 27 different, you know, issues. Um, And yeah, yeah, people know about it. They just don't know how to or they can't remember how it was used. Um, I've I've treated a few people with hydrotherapy for severe migraines. And um, I remember, I remember, anyway, so this was that I learned at a WeMar training thing that I went to about four or five years ago um and yeah they use hydrotherapy and they and they showed me this treatment for migraines which is the hot and cold on the feet and there was this this one lady who I treated and I have total faith in natural remedies but when you're doing it with community people I think your faith level just gets multiplied (laughs) because you're like god please make this work because I've just talked it up so there was this one yeah. lady who she gets, her migraines get to a point when she starts vomiting, she has to go into oh, hospital. So she didn't come mm. to church on Sabbath and so I rung her just to see if she was all right because she had she had mentioned she was going to come and she's like, look, I've had one of these migraines where I'm just waiting to start vomiting so that I can call the ambulance. And I said to her, I'm like, look, can I come over and just give you this treatment? It only involves water um, and see if it makes you feel any better. And she was like, water. I'm like, yes. I'm like, let me explain. And so whenever I do any treatments, I always pray. Um, and that is truly because it's for my faith. <laughs> it's yeah. not, for, not for no one else's faith. But I always pray because I'm like, God, please, you, you make this work. And I treated her. And within 30 minutes, she said the migraine had gone. And she wow. told so many people about how I fixed her with water and she said yeah. that that never happens. She's like, when I'm to that point where I'm, I'm ready to start vomiting, she's like, no medication can stop it. I'm literally just waiting to vomit so I can call the ambulance.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so I then I did it to another girl who she's like, she's like, I usually have this migraine for three days. And it was like the second day. I'm like, let me come and do treatment, prayed with her as well. Um, and same thing. She's like within an hour it was gone. And so now she tells people about how I healed her with water and, um, <laughs> people just don't know these things, you know? And, um, I think, yeah. yeah, to be able to put it in a magazine and just to have it as a resource, um, yeah, on file is just really, really cool. So yeah, well done, Bruce. Well done.
1: Hey, man, yeah. The health message yeah. is a very powerful message, you know, we are told that it's the entering wedge and a, mm-hmm. a lot of people yep. are and the only way you can share Christ with them is first by healing their infirmities, their physical infirmities. Yes. And yep. uh, though, I agree. And... We can still help out in trying to alleviate their pain or, or their physical pain. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. And I agree. And um, yeah, I think the more that you get involved in like health outreach, you just realize how powerful it is. You truly see how powerful it is, um, and yeah. yeah, you really can't. It's the right hand of the gospel. Um, Amen. Yeah, so it's not the left because the left is the weaker one. So it specifically Amen. is the right hand, it's it's the, right the powerful hand, exactly. hand of the gospel. Amen. So yeah, I'm, I'm 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 with you on that one, Bruce. So yeah, okay. all right. Well, I think that is that. Was there anything else?
1: No, I think that's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you sure I don't wanna cut you off and there's another ministry that we, we can promote and let people know of?
1: No, I think that's it at the moment, yeah.
0: At the moment. I love that. Yes, Bruce. Yeah. Us <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: ministry holics like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, what have you got on? Oh, just for now I have twenty things going on. Yeah. Uh, all right so the sounding trumpet on youtube subscribe support share and then garden cure
1: yep that's it
0: yeah yeah so garden cure and you can get that on um the sounding trumpets facebook page as well um and then yeah bruce you can try and stalk bruce as well but his last name is hard to (laughs) to work out so that might be a little bit harder but um, maybe just type in half the alphabet and you, you might get it (laughs) all right Bruce well thank you so much for your time and um yeah we'll be in touch I'll be stalking you on Facebook because that's what I do best
1: all right thank you so much
0: (laughs) all right see ya
1: all right blessings